Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me with me as always. Now in person, uh, super producer Brandon Newman sitting over in the corner of the room. My father, Mike Golick Sr. We are live from my dad's basement, which is now the second time in my life I can say I've done a show successfully from my dad's basement. Dad, uh, how are you feeling right now showcasing well, your stuff to the world down well, here? Well, I, I, first off, I feel like Brandon is in timeout. He's over, <laughs> he's over in the corner, which, which, by the way, the way he golfed today should be in timeout. Uh, um, second, um, I tried to have the nice backdrop here of the painting, but the plastic is showing through of my, in my Dexter murder room. Uh, I'm going to get this room finished off at some point. To make it actually look like a bit of a studio. Yeah, this is called making it work yeah, because we're yes. out in South Bend this week. Uh, we've got our family's charity golf tournament. So we're recording this podcast Sunday. You'll be hearing it Monday because Monday morning we'll be teeing off yeah. for the Golick Family Subpar Classic. And so we're making it work as best we can right now. The rest of the week we'll be coming to you live here from Dad's basement Tuesday through Friday. But this Monday show is going to be a little bit different because we're back here now in year two of the golf tournament. Brandon's here, a bunch of my former teammates, a bunch of your former teammates, a bunch of other people that were willing to come and help us out with this. So that is why the circumstances are a little bit different. And we are down here in this very strange looking basement for the YouTube audience. You know, as we were thinking of options of, okay, how do we do a show? We normally do it, you know, you know, every day during the week at 10 a.m. Eastern, you know, the live show and the golf supposed to start at nine. So it was like, do you golf for an hour, take a quick break while everybody else is 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 golfing and then do a show 
the realization of the amount of alcohol that we would consume in that first hour yeah. would really put us over the point of actually being able to broadcast something live. Well, it's like one of those things you thought about putting a desk out there and maybe you have people come by during the round or something like that. But all of that takes away from what we're trying to do, which is A, obviously raise a whole bunch of money, try and do that, and then also get everyone to have a good time. We've got weather working against us now, so all of that would have been nightmarish. What's not nightmarish is the show we've actually got. We've got a great one, so download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. You check us out still on DraftKingsNetwork.com, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday, as well as on the DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+. Plus. All that good stuff. Um, So, Dad, we are going to do some mailbag questions today since we are, one, in the summer and we are dealing with a dearth. Although, I should say, we are talking and broadcasting right now while the College World Series Game 2 is going on between Florida and LSU. I saw Florida was currently up there. We won't know the winner until we're done here. LSU up 1-0 in that series. So, that's been interesting. Certainly going on this weekend as LSU leads the league in two things. Oh, Hosses. And jello shots. Yeah, yeah. They got old, some big boys on that big team. Big old pitchers on that team. And then, yeah, monster uh, tens of thousands of jello shots. And also, you know, th- this is normally that slow time of year in sports. But as you mentioned, we have the Men's College World Series finish up with the Women's College World Series, uh, where Oklahoma uh, took care of their business for a third year in a row. But this is always a time of year you do your Mount Rushmore of something. You know, yeah, I can say a, shout out to the part sport, of my take, guys. Pick, yeah, it, it just, just pick something. Make a list, have other people do your work for you as we're just waiting and waiting to get because the next big thing is going to be training camps opening up about the third week uh, of July. So I did watch some big three basketball um, and they did show Ice Cube, who, again, is mad at the world and the media for not pubbing really yeah. big three enough and and not thinking it's getting enough love out there. So he's a little a little dejected at everybody, but uh, did see a little bit of that as well. That's the thing. We've got a, we've got a nice platter of things going on right now. WNBA regular season. We'll get Chanae on here at some point. Chanae Gwumake, my old co-host at ESPN, who's still playing with the LA Sparks with her sister NECA. We've got that going on. We've got, I know, world lacrosse games going on, which if you've listened to me gas bag yeah. about lacrosse in the show, once we get out of pool play, I'll have you covered on that in some way, shape, or form too. And there is, I, I, we have found, or at least I have, the easiest PGA course there is. It's at the Travelers in Hartford, where we used to live. Oh, my God. That's going on this weekend. The leader, as we're taping this, and the final round is going on, is at 24 under. 24. Are we at a putt-putt course? The the PGA record was done at this, at the Travelers. A 58 was done here. And no kidding. Everybody shoots. If you don't shoot in the in the double digits under par here, you suck. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, what kind of do they ever think about making it a more difficult course each year? Because it's not. It's got to be one of the easiest I've ever seen. You know what's amazing about Travelers is we lived in Connecticut for a quarter century, and I never once went to whatever no. tight, whatever presenting sponsor at the time was presenting the Travelers. I have been in Los Angeles now one calendar year, and I went to the PGA yeah. Championship yeah. at the LA Country Club yeah. for a PGA Championship that everybody seemed to hate. Yeah. All oh the golfers God. seemed to dislike everyone watching there. So something about where we're at. The only thing that we can lay claim to as people around golf is you and mom living out in Scottsdale. So yeah. at the very least, waste management yes. holds it down for 
Golic tangent golf events uh, that we've got going on. So you're right. That's been an, uh, you know, an absolute carve up there. Dad, the golf tournament here for anyone that's not aware, we might as well give everyone a background on this. So last year we did this for the first time. This was your and mom's idea really for us to kind of put together some way to help out the local South Bend community around here. You guys now live here half a year. Obviously you've heard us all talk about going to Notre Dame. You, your brothers, mom at St. Mary's, me, Jake, and Sydney, all at Notre Dame. And so we spent enough time out here. Yeah. And anyone that's gone to school at Notre Dame and been in the area goes, yeah, you go to school at Notre Dame, but you live in South Bend right. still, on or off campus. You're a part of that community that's also such a big part of supporting the school. And so we wanted to try and figure out a way to give back to that surrounding community, not just the campus that everybody Yeah, sees. listen, there are a lot of great charities, national charities. Notre Dame is a great school that, that your mother and I also – you know, give there, you know, as well. But we we really like to give to the more local charities in the community because uh, you can see kind of that instant impact of things that they, they need. And between, you know, my brother Bob, my brother Greg going here, me going here, your mother going to St. Mary's, your sister-in-law, uh, I'm sorry, your your, your aunt Tracy, yeah. my, my wife's sister going to St. Mary's, you and, and Jake and Sydney all going to Notre Dame. This is home for us. And even though you guys, we live all over the country, this is kind of the focal point when we come back here. And we want to help local um, uh, charities. So we've been able to do that. We've got some partners like Credit Union One who have donated money so we can help even more people. It's been great. And people have been so receptive coming to the event. We're fighting the elements this year a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's been great. It's the second year. We raised over $100,000 last year. We're looking to beat that again uh, this year to give to to more uh, foundations and charities out here just to help them out. So it's been great. It's it's wild because you and I golf in these things all the time where you travel around and get asked to golf in these. But when it's your own and we have to now ask the people, I still feel weird about yeah. it, you know, because you're taking up their weekend and the the response has been great from, you know, our former teammates and other celebs out there that we've asked that'll make their way here. So that that's really a heartfelt type of thing and really appreciated. Yep. And we'll be good to uh, covering the DraftKings family. Jessica Smetana, yep. your yep. co-host on Golden mm-hmm. Smetty is going to be here. Obviously, Brandon's golfing right. in the tournament as well. But you mentioned Tim Brown, great former Notre Dame, great. Right. Uh, wide receiver, Alan Pinkett, Bob Crable. Brady Quinn. I, I, I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint on that because we get all these people to come back in. What it's like for you, because I just went, me and Brandon had dinner with a bunch of our former teammates last night, and it immediately snaps back into form. We're only 11 years out for you running into guys like Bob Crable or Mike Kelly, your former teammate yeah. who's here. Like, How long does it take for you guys to kind of settle back into form? Because you're a little bit further down the road than you we don't, are. We, you don't relive the days at Notre Dame a lot because you just don't remember them. Because <laughs> it's, <been> so, <laughs> it's been so long ago. Um, so, yeah, you just – in all honesty, like now it's like catching up, you know, Bob Crable has five grandkids. I now have my, our, my first and another one on the way. So you start talking about that, about life now, as we all, you know, like I bring up Bob Crable, you know, 
he played in the NFL as well. So you chat about that a little bit, not much. Yeah. I, I I caught a brief conversation between the two of you guys on the court, and all I heard was you guys just comparing surgeries. Well, yeah. That's that, all. I saw Steve Berline showing yeah, off his new knee replacement yeah. that he's got. It seems like all of you are just showing off the new bionic parts in your well, body. Another guy that's here, you're, you know, around your Matthias Farley. Yeah. You know, uh, around when Sydney was here as well. He's with the Raiders now. And I saw him and his group out practicing, and we were talking about – I forgot we brought up – oh, because Jeff Fiegel's my former teammate in Philly, isn't here this year. He had a knee replacement. I said, oh, yo, yeah, I got to get a knee replacement after the Super Bowl. And I just looked at Matthias. I said, get ready, babe. When the bo- when, when, when this part, body parts start failing on you, yep. you know, and you have to you have to find out, you know, you know what do I have to get replaced? So uh, – but, but what, what you know, a lot of times what's cool – is when you get the the big names, a Tim Brown, you know, oh yeah, uh, a college Hall of Famer, a Pro Football, a Brady Quinn, you know, and and stars of last year, Mike Ruzioni, you know, and the greatest upset in American uh, sports history. But for me, it's cool as a former defender. My brother Bob will be here as well. Yeah, we have the top two. Notre Dame is pretty historic, yeah. right? We have the top two tacklers of all time. Yeah, in Notre Dame history, Bob Crable is number one. My brother Bob is number two. Your former teammate Manti is number three. But Bob Crable and Bob Golick, one and two, and they're going to be here. I think that's pretty cool. Well, and the thing is, is I know for you out on the golf course, you always get bent out of shape because you don't have a lot of muscle mass anymore. You've done a good job losing all the weight, which is things you needed to do. Me and Brandon both ran up on your group, and I had to explain that same thing to Brandon. I was like, that's Notre Dame's all-time leading tackler. Like, that's a full-fledged dude. And as Brandon pointed out, he still looks like he's got a few hits left he in does. Bob Crable is still built like a linebacker. You look like you're built to maybe play like a, you know, H tight end. You yeah. got to be back off yeah. the ball a little yeah. bit. Bob's ready to come downhill and hand it to Bob. Yeah, Bob could lay the hit on you. What's unique about Bob Crable, his freshman year, your Uncle Bob, my brother, was a senior. They were teammates. Bob Crable's senior year, I was a freshman. So I was teammates Ooh. with Bob. So Bob Crable was a teammate of me and my brother Bob. Bob Cable. Crable, Crable yeah. blue guy. Yeah. Big time yeah, go. blue guy. So <laughs> that is more of what to expect. We'll have plenty of content that we're going to grab out there that I'm sure we'll share with you guys either on the show or on the YouTube channel and get it all going that way as we get ready for now the second annual <laughs> Golik Family Subpar Class. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. So we got some mailbag questions coming up. We're going to do that at Gojo Show on Twitter where you can find us as always. We got a few uh, to lump in there as, again, this is sort of an oddball show. But with that in mind, Dad, we also... um, didn't get a chance to talk about this much last week. 
And in the wake of all the NBA free agency discussion and the contract discussion there, I thought it was interesting that Dalvin Cook tried to play an NBA card for a couple of NFL players. He went on Shefty's podcast and talked about how cool it would be if him and DeAndre Hopkins ended up his ended up on the same roster. He said, quote, if we end up on the same roster, that would be something epic for the NFL, basically trying to imply that it would have that same sort of feel. And I know what he's trying to say. I don't believe it would have the same sort of effect or impact no. as what we'd see in the NBA. But dad, it is interesting because they're the last two real dominoes to they fall are. in the NFL summer. And when you start to talk about where the two of them could potentially work together, it's interesting because I find myself trying to shoehorn Dalvin Cook into where we've seen DeAndre Hopkins publicly because we haven't heard a lot about Dalvin Cook and landing nope. spots. Once the initial reporting was done, Adam Schefter mentioned Denver and Miami as two potential landing spots there. But for um, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side, we've seen him take the visits to Tennessee, right. weird flirtation with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. We know he's been in the building with the New England Patriots, too, with his old head coach, Bill O'Brien. That was the one that kind of interested me because it seemed like New England would be an interesting place for Dalvin Cook to try and work into a backfield that's usually been more of a group by committee. And with DeAndre Hopkins, we know there's that relationship we there. We know Bill O'Brien knows how to force feed him the ball, and we know New England desperately needs a true number one receiver. I could see more New England than Miami. Miami's a pretty crowded running back room, and yeah. obviously a wide receiver with Waddle and Tyreek Hill you know, throw Hopkins in there would be unbelievable. It'd be great for Hopkins because, and I've heard plenty of other people, Dominique Foxworth brought this up the other day on his pod. Like DeAndre Hopkins isn't a, I'm going to get really wide open kind of wide receiver. He's tough catches. He's tight windows. And so in that, you know, Shanahan offense, now that Mike McDaniel is running down in Miami, if you got two speedsters opening up space already, could give you pretty good looks as a third option. If it you're would. DeAndre I Hopkins. mean, that already on paper is one of the best rosters in the NFL. Yeah. Right? But again, we don't play on paper. New England would be interesting. It's a less crowded running back room there. It'd still be more by committee because Dalvin Cook is not a 25 carry back. He's not just not going to do that anymore, I don't think. No, I mean, and you saw last year, like he was a lot less explosive. Right. He still had like, he's had all the numbers. Like he's been a thousand he yard has. back most no, every he year. He's given you great production. And on his best day, he's been one of the best stretch zone running backs in the NFL. But it, it would be interesting to get him to a place that, is going to take some more of those hits off of him and take more of that load and off. So of him. in New England, obviously a monster there, right? I mean, they got Juju Smith Schuster, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins could be the man. Yeah. Mac Jones probably would love to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because Mac Jones is in kind of a proving year himself after a very down last year. So I I that to me, if they're going to be together, that would be the place to be together. But I I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to end up on the same team. Yeah, I would be curious if there was any thought, like any practical way to make that work. New England is interesting. I don't know if it's like, it's definitely a prove it year for Mac Jones because of the timeline of his rookie contract. Last year felt completely unfair to him in my mind, just based on how they decided to do that. This is a big year for Bill Belichick. Like he's already a made man for whatever his future looks like. This is kind of a big year for him. You've got a real adult back in the room at offensive coordinator. Right. You've steadied the ship there. But you talk about rosters. Defensively, you're probably going to be one of the best in the NFL again, which they were down the stretch of the season last year. Really good defense. But offensively, like you said, it's kind of an island of misfit toys right now around Mac Jones. And so for Bill O'Brien, who's making this jump back to the NFL, big for him. But Bill Belichick, who 
for so long had the benefit of the doubt for pretty much every decision he made feels like he lost that in pretty quick order. Well, like I don't look at new England moves anymore and say, Oh, they must know more than everybody else. Or somehow this is going to work out. And, and it's been different since Tom left and went to Tampa Bay. And that's the measuring stick, right? Tom won a Super Bowl there and Bill has not been. And, but we're, we're considering new England, the fourth out of four in the AFC East now, right? right? The big, one of the big differences, Tampa Bay signed everybody under the sun to be with Tom Brady. They don't do that in New England. They don't, they don't really go about their business that way. Not Bill, besides that one yeah. summer where they spent on like tight end free agents and, and some other oddball stuff. And, 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 yeah, and, it it really, and it really didn't work. So they don't go down that road that Tampa Bay did, not only bringing in players and players wanting to go to Tampa, but then unprecedented after they win the Super Bowl, they get every starter back. The ones they needed to re-sign, they did. Now they're in cap hell uh, because of a lot of that. Yeah. But they got the Super Bowl, and that's all that matters. Kind of like the Rams when they traded away all their picks. They got the Super Bowl, and that's all that matters. New England doesn't do business that way. Do you think that the Patriots are still trying to shop Mac Jones? Uh, no, not at this point. I don't think no, there's going to be. I don't think so. I, I, at this point, they're kind of out of options yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Well, you have Bailey Zappi. So, I mean. That is true. Zap Tober uh, <laughs> could be coming back to a, a uh, store near you soon. But no, so I, I think it's going to be kind of an uncomfortable look for how New England's able to go about things right now, just because I don't know if there are a lot of answers for them. And so that's the other part of the DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook thing is what their shared goals are because for DeAndre Hopkins, we've talked, we don't really know his motivation. If it's Super Bowl, if it's one last payday, if it's an opportunity or a chance to try and go ball out for one year for Dalvin cook, it's a much more dire situation just because of the position he plays where, yeah, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, you got a set of mitts that's going to keep you pretty relevant for the most part for a team that's going to watch you for Dalvin cook. If you're looking at his age to try and finish out this contract to get one more payday or just, secure a future in the nfl the situation's a little more dire for him well plus it was horrific last year with the old coordinator what was going on there in new england matt patricia and who, who the hell well, else I guess, was it uh, uh, this, no it was matt patricia and the special teams coach that uh, came from the giants why am i oh oh judge yeah joe judge, judge. so you know the interesting now we're on a quick offshoot matt patricia going to philly where Darius Slay is. Yeah. And, you know, he and Darius Slay had that run-in against each other when Matt Patricia was the head coach of Detroit, saying you're not an elite player to Darius Slay. They had a monster falling out. Yeah. Now he's in Philly, and now Patricia's there. So that also didn't help Mac Jones' progression uh, by having those guys running the offense. Now you have a guy in Bill O'Brien who legitimately can be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, maybe don't say that to Alabama fans. They might feel a little bit differently about that. So. Uh, we will wait and see uh, what we've got there. We will now also wait and see as we get forward to some uh, mailbag questions we're going to get to here. Although before we start the mailbag and get to that, I need to ask a question of our dear sweet Brandon Newman, who's still hanging out in the corner in timeout, and we may find out why. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits. 
Just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it. And I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Brandon, this is a tweet that you sent when you were bopping around on the internet leading into this weekend that I wanted to circle back with you on and see how you felt about. Brandon tweeted out of nowhere on June 23rd, this is going to sound extremely wild coming from me, but extreme, but eating is extremely overrated. Yeah. What prompted this? Before we get to the validity of the take, I just want to know what preceded you firing off these words. Okay, so as you guys know, I was a little under the weather last week. I had a little stomach bug, so I really couldn't eat. Right. Right. I had a couple pretzels that tasted so good, a couple toasts. I believe it's the brat diet when you're uh, sick. It's something, rice, applesauce, toast. What's the be? Bread? Banana. No. Toast is with the bread thing. But anyways, so I hadn't had a chance to eat, and I was feeling great. I hadn't had coffee, and I was feeling great. So then when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I was thinking about, what's the name of the uh, offensive lineman who fasted for 40 days? Oh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. No, that's DeBrickashaw. I mean, he probably did. But the one who just, he for the Seattle Seahawks. Oka. Oh, Russell Okun. That's Okun. right. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And I was, I was thinking about his journey. And I was like, you know what? Eating's, eating's overrated. It, it's just like the rest of the stuff in America they sell us. They, they want us fat and happy so we don't think about anything else. But we really don't really need to eat three times a day. Well, I, listen. I don't dispute that maybe the way we've been told to eat or methods like that might have a different relationship now or different reasons for it. But eating itself, especially among, because I look at eating the way I look at like breathing and sleeping, right? It's a vital. Yes. You've got to do it to live. Yeah. You like, need it to live. You don't need it as badly as you need water to live, right. but you need it to live. And so it's one of the vital things that you've got to do. And among those, sleeping, breathing, or eating, I would say eating's at the top of the list as far as enjoyment. It, it, but that's why it's overrated because it gets it gets your you trick your brain to think it's for pleasure when it really should only be and could only be for fuel. But that's my point is it's the only one of those like sleep it definitely is pleasurable to wake up refreshed yeah. but you don't get to actively enjoy the experience of sleeping you get to actively enjoy eating that's what separates it that's why it might be underrated because it's vital but it also is extremely enjoyable it's not as a big enough sleeping is a better fuel than eating is 
the the worst thing out of what we're talking about is sleep deprivation. I agree yes. with that, but I do not uh, agree. Oxygen deprivation is pretty tough. If oh, and blue balls. What? Also very bad. Well, yeah. I mean, not as I would say not as bad as being choked. No. Or as bad as being sleep deprived. Well, but um, that a boy, Brandon. That a boy. What I was going to say before that just threw me for a loop. I I do not think eating is overrated. I get. I know it's for fuel. But I get much joy out of eating. Well, much joy out of eating. That's the part, best yeah. part is you can it can be for both. Right. Like there have been portions of my life when I was trying to get ready to like gain weight for football, where I would say eating was it was a business meeting. Right. Like every lunch with my buddy Kevin Egan from high school used to say, when I was eating for fuel, it was a business meeting. It would be putting up barriers. It's just me and the table and the food, and I am eating when the clock says. I am eating what I know I'm supposed to eat for the fuel, and then I'm getting out, and that can be largely miserable. Right. Like when I was training for pro day, it was chicken, rice, and broccoli, pretty much every meal on a loop in perpetuity, egg whites for breakfast, all that stuff. That's not having fun. Like that's eating for fuel. When you get to eat for fun, though. When someone goes and balls out on a dish and you got – the people I'm most envious of are chefs who can look at a set of ingredients and then create with right. that yep. and use it to tell this story. Like, watch watch diners, drive-ins, and dives and tell me that eating is overrated again, Brandon. I dare can't, you. Can't. Can't. There's it's, just no way. There's so much pleasure in it. So I, I, much. That's, I, that's maybe what I'm trying to say. It's like it's too sensationalized. It's like eating – it could be like a gas station, but we treat it like a brothel. But I guess that's the point is it's legalized. We have support like <laughs> this is like if we legal it's it's like if we legalized sex work and gave it the dignity it deserves, that would be what it'd be like going through a buffet for the first time. Well, I'll tell you what, Brandon, that was a really good analogy though. I'm I don't know if it was. That was I, I, I'm I'm not even sure of the words that are coming out I, of my mouth right now. I actually other than to it. say that people yes. should support sex actually, sex workers and treat them with dignity. I actually that like I will that. always stand the, by. The, most amazing story because it happened to us about when you and Jake needed to gain weight. So your mother was all in on that and she would make sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, all kinds of sandwiches and leave them in the fridge and tell you guys, just go eat, 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 eat. We would force, you would eat and we would force Jake to eat as well. At least we thought we did. When we sold that one house and moved to another house and you got to clean out the entire house, like on, like, up on top of of, of uh, like cabinets, there are like like there are potted pl- potted, pl- potted, plants. potted plants and stuff we like were that. Pulling them down and found inside of those, Jake had taken the sandwiches out of the fridge like he was going to eat them and put them in those potted plants. Yeah, and they were years, petrified. Years later, we would pull them out. Like they fossils. were green and petrified because he was just sick of eating them. So we would hide them in places around the house. That we found when we moved. He would also hide tests that he had failed. Yes, he would. <laughs> we yeah. found a couple. It was petrified sandwiches and old Which tests. It's so moronic because we're gonna find out. This is at the age in high school where we still get sent the, the progress report reports. card and and progress reports, so we know when the grades aren't going well. Yeah, that Jake was interesting, but his remedy, he said, because now he has a son, Jackson. We said, Jake, what if Jackson? What are you going to teach him about academics? He said, Well. I'm taking Mike's, yours, uh, academic All-American plaque. Which came into question the other day. Yep, which scratching out your name and putting his name on it and showing his son Jackson, 
look, Jackson, your father was an academic All-American. See, I feel like it's going to be so hard to lie to this next generation of kids because they're going to have the internet for so long. These kids are going to be tech savvy. Like Brandon Carter's, what, three now? Yes. He's got to be able to wheel and deal on an iPad already. Yeah, and he, he doesn't like asking for help, but he's willing to if he's click some stuff to get around. But the way he's able to cancel out of ads already is scary. That's the thing. So they already know enough how to operate that. And so our days of, I think, being able to get over and lie to them about the final score of the national championship game or Jake's academic All-American status, I feel like they're going to be a few keystrokes away from Google or that Apple VR headset where they're basically going to grow up living inside the internet anyway. That's true. They're not going to be in the real world anymore. The bottom line is food at at worst, properly rated. Definitely not overrated. I completely agree with you. At, at worst, it is properly rated. I would say still somehow underrated. I'll, I'll take that as a win. I, I, I think I flipped some people. So, All right. Let's get to some mailbag <laughs> questions from, uh, from the listeners. Uh, this one came from Ken Corsack, who said, What summer and winter Olympic sports would you like to compete in if you had a choice? Dad, this is your baby. Go. The, go. The summer, easy. Wrestling. Yeah, I mean, figured as much. I, I wrestled in high school and college. My brother Bob wrestled in high school and college. Bob, I actually think, could have had a good shot of making the 80 Olympic team. For Didn't wrestling. he wrestle some gigantic Russian guy at some point? No, he, he actually wrestled a guy in um, from Oklahoma State named Jimmy Jackson. 6'8", 380. This is back when... Heavyweights didn't have the 285-pound weight limit, which I think is ridiculous because I think 300, 320-pounders are really good athletes today. So 285, I think. We love a hoss. But this guy, Jimmy Jackson, was a two- or three-time NCAA champ and 6'8", 380. And Bob wrestled him his sophomore year. And to this day, I don't know why, tried to shoot a double-leg takedown on him, which means he was completely underneath 380. Don't know why he did it, but he did it. Didn't didn't end well there. Yeah. Took fourth his sophomore. Bob was a better wrestler than I was. Uh, took fourth his sophomore year, third his junior year. His senior year, he was the top-ranked heavyweight in the country. They played in the infamous uh, Cotton Bowl game, chicken soup game, where Joe Montana got sick, had chicken soup broth at halftime, came out. They had a comeback. My brother Bob hurt his knee in that game. So mm-hmm. he didn't wrestle his senior year, where I think he would have been the national champ. This was 79 he graduated. The Olympics were in 80. He was going in the draft in 79. You couldn't be a two-sporter then, which has changed. Huh. Remember a guy like Herschel Walker yeah. uh, played in the NFL and did Deion the Deion Sanders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So guys could – guys could Deion Sanders in the Olympics? I'm sorry. It's a two-sport athlete. I could, thought you meant no, just no, in general. No, you couldn't be a two-sport – you couldn't be a pro. Oh, you couldn't be a pro. Got it. Okay. Back when Bob was coming out. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Deion Sanders, two no, sport athlete. Because after Hers- Herschel Walker, <laughs> Walker was in the NFL and yeah. competed in the Olympics. So if Bob wanted to compete in the Olympics, he would have had to not go in the NFL draft and wait a year. Oh, okay. And he didn't want to do that. It turns out good thing because 80, we boycotted anyway, the Summer Olympics. So he would have done it for naught because we didn't go. But I think he could have had a good chance of making the Olympic wrestling team, which would have been Awesome. So I love wrestling, always have, love it as much as football. For me, Summer Olympics would have been wrestling. Winter Olympics, luge, man. I mean, you'd want to actually do the luge. I watched that and I'm like, well, yeah, because I would have, if I would have been competing in it, it means I would have been doing it, you know, and, and used to it. I love it. I absolutely love watching that. So, yeah, I would have done that. That would have been my Winter Olympics. But there's a lot I'd have chosen from because I love the Olympics, as you well know. I, I love them all. 
Summer Olympics, I watched for the first time on TikTok someone actually doing and competing in the hammer throw. Yeah. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And also seems like something where, and it's not to disparage the the athletes there, I would not be able to throw it as far as them, but it would be the most fun. And even though I would be bad at it, I wouldn't have to overexert myself. No, you would not. You just have to spin its timing. Spin it. Right. Just spin it and launch that launch thing. It. Right, right. I mean, there's a chance I'd kill someone spectating. Yeah. This is like what you always talk about getting ready for Tahoe to play in that golf tournament. Yeah. I would be terrified operating any of the heavy throwing items yeah. in a track event that I would launch it into the crowd yeah, and kill somebody. That's exactly right. I, I would I would like the hammer, but I think I got to go shot put because I can control that a little bit more. My last bout with discus was at state when I was a junior in Kentucky and I scratched all three throws. Oh, you did? Scratched all three. I threw the disc. I love, I love doing oh, that. Yeah. My second scratch. one landed in the long jump pit. Oh, like it was. Oh, good thing. Nobody was competing then, huh? <laughs> they were over there. They were over there. How about winter Olympics? Winter Olympics would be tough. Cause you mentioned the luge. I've been watching that physical 100 show on, yeah, Netflix, yeah, yeah, on yeah, Netflix, which yeah, is incredible. Yeah. And young Sung Bin is, I believe the guy who does the spite or the yeah. skeleton yes. where you go face first face and it's first, just you. Man, yeah. One of the most powerful athletes I've ever seen in my life, yeah. which lets me know that one, I'm not crazy enough to do that sport. And two, I'm not muscle muscular enough to do in that the biathlon. I want to go around on skis and shoot a gun. Skis and then shoot a gun. The biathlon is awesome. It's basically like cross-country skiing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then in the middle, you've got to shoot you, targets. You, you gotta you gotta bring your heart rate down, relax. You have to lay down and you have to shoot. And then you, but yeah, it's not fast skiing, but it's cross-country and it's gonna wear you out. Oh yeah. Listen, it's definitely going to be yeah. taxing. Yes. But it's me getting to go around cross-country skiing strapped. But it's cool. Yeah, you strap it around your back and you're skiing and then you pull. The, the one that blows my mind and I watch it and I cringe is the moguls. And those guys' knees are just boom, boom, yeah. boom, going down that. that that's crazy. Ooh, what would be the Winter Olympic sport you would least want to That do? one? Oh, see, that one hurts for, so for bad. For me, it's the, the, the long ski jump. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that, that one I would die. Yeah, I that's would, true. That one would kill me. Like, the moguls good, I could good survive. Point. Can we respect curling right now? Oh, yeah, shouts out. Shouts out. Would absolutely do curling. Boy, I would love. We did curling one time over at uh, here at Notre Dame. Yeah. We yeah, get to yeah. do that for Notre Dame Day around here over at the Compton yeah. Ice Rink there. Curling's a great time. That's great because you can actually do that sport drunk. Curling's just – it's like ice golf. Yeah. Or like, I guess yeah. – Ice bowling? Ice, bo- ice, ice bowling, bowling would probably be – anything, yeah. You could definitely bust your ass yeah. on there in a way you can't bowling. Right. All things you can do old and drunk. Yeah. Big fan of those. Yeah. Big fan of those. Right. Uh, so, Ken, appreciate that question here. Um, this is from Wilson Soccer 22. If you could only have one cereal for the rest of the li- rest of your life, what would it be? So, I mean, the ones that come to mind are, you know, am I picking a Captain Crunch? Am I picking a Lucky Charms? Something like of, that. A lot of sugar for the rest of your life. Now, it's not to say you have to have it every day. Yeah. I guess this is the thing is, the way to think about this question is, you're not having the cereal every day, but it's the only cereal you can have for the right, rest right, of your right. life. So you don't have to worry about overexposure because right. if you go too hard for a little bit, you can just you take can a couple of weeks off. off. I'm in the total now. That's the oldest thing you've I, ever I know, said. I know, but oh my I'm God. telling you, your mother gets it at the store and I like it, but that's Ray not Bear. the one I'm picking. Not the one I'm picking. You know where I'm going? I'm really into Raisin Bran at the moment. No, hate Raisin Bran. Hate, ra- hate raisins. I'm going to pick one. Frosted Flakes. They're great. 
Tony the Tiger, baby. Dangerous. Frosted Flakes. Wait, wait. Da- like dangerous? I just feel like you're going to get bored with that after a Why? while. It's awesome. Flakes, sugary. So, Again, as much as I want, then I can back off. Where are you going? So I would probably, if I'm going to think about long term here, because like clearly, as you've shown, cereal taste can change with age and... Oh, you without know, a doubt. I so I feel like one that would hold up really well over time because for just for posterity here, the best cereal of all time for me is Waffle Crisp. It is like it's cinnamon toast crunch with ass. It's just beefed yeah. up. Yeah. It yeah. kind of also brings in some of that Captain Crunch oops all berries. It'll carve up your mouth a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's the thing. But I yeah, hey, that's why I couldn't go Captain. Earn not given. You got to earn your place at yeah. the table when yeah. it comes to breakfast. So I'm not really against that or out on that. Waffle Crisp would probably be the answer. I wouldn't mind though, um, frosted mini wheats. You know the sugar in that too. That's you, a, that's frosted a, flakes. You go frosted mini wheats. So my my thing is not the sugar with the frosted flakes. It's it's a cereal you got to eat quick because it's going to get soggy quick. And I don't know about you, I like a little crunch in mine. That's what I like about mini wheats is they can take a bath for a little bit. There's still some crunch. It's going to fill you up, so I don't have to eat a ton of it. Like a lot of those other cereals, I got to kill three quarters of a box to feel good. Yeah. Mini wheats, I get like one and a half bowls of that, and, and I'm good to go. Good. You're good. I, I agree with it's that. It's a thicko. It's a hoss cereal. Best cereal that leaves the best tasting milk. Ooh, Reese's Buffs. Count Chocula. Yeah, I mean, same, same, same yeah. basic principle yeah. though. Yeah. Reese's Puff is where I'm going for the, my one cereal. So you took it, I, took I, it out I, right I, my head. Reese's Puff is a great cereal. Notice none of us picked the non-sugar one. Oh no. no! I mean, although I mean, listen, you did give love to Total. If I, so, right, how about this? You have to pick the non-sugar one. I'm going Total. I don't even know what non-sugar cereals are. I don't any eat any brands. A raisin bran, a corn flakes, uh, Total. You know, okay. Like that. Special K red berries. Special K. Special K is another one. Yep. I, I like. I legitimately do not eat those. That is how big of a toddler welcome, I welcome am. Welcome to my diabetic world soon. Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. No. It's only a matter of time. Um. All right. This is from uh, Tillman Clark. In honor of the family golf outing, create your fantasy foursome for golf with fictional characters only. Ooh, f- fictional fantasy foursome. Thank you, Tillman. I, I, I'm so bad at this, so I'm, I'm gonna let you. So, kinda... what's your favorite? Like, think about your favorite TV shows. God, I'm trying to think. Um, so I feel like I want to just say Kevin Costner because at this point, while I'm thinking of Kevin Costner's character in Tin Cup, Tin Cup, yeah, I just feel like in general Kevin Costner is more of a fictional sports movie character than he is a real life human being at this point. Yeah. Like he only exists when a new sports movie needs to be made. That's true. And he's got to reprise some sort of role in that. All one. the way to being a GM. So I, Brown. I would go I would go him. I would go um John C. Riley, but as the catcher from For Love of the Game. Okay. Not in any of the other roles. I'd do him as the catcher from For Love of the Game. I gotta go. Um... I'm horrible at this. Yeah, no, you're really. I should have given this to you ahead of time. Yeah, I should have known it. better. I'll, I'll bring in Thor for the driving. All right. So, oh, see, that's obviously that's probably a better way okay. to think about it. Okay. Thor for so the you've driving. got him for the driving there. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of superheroes with like then touch maybe for the chipping that I'm trying to. Oh, think- so now you're just building like the Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe's yeah, the, golf the, the best scramble team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a golf team. I'm thinking a lot about cartoon characters. Like 
I was thinking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit the other day. So, you know, there's like a mix of like both the Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes and Disney. So I think I probably have like Goofy Ooh. out there with me. All right. So it could be a good, good time. So I'll give you then my dream Dragon Ball Z for some. Oh, okay. Uh, Vegeta's obviously in there. Piccolo's obviously in there. Gohan's going to be in there because you know he'll have a rangefinder in the bag. That nerd is going to have all the best golf gear out there. He won't have practiced in a while, but we're playing in a scramble, so he's going to be able to give you a really good shot every once in a while that makes you think, wow, if this guy just committed himself, he could be the best golfer of all time. And that, like, I don't want to put Goku in there. No, there's got to be. I'm going to say Krillin might be one of the best putters. In, in the DBZ universe, like, who, who's, a, who's a good short game guy? I'm going to go Android 17. Oh, Limitless that's, that's energy, going to take like it that. serious when we need it, and comes through in the clutch in pretty much every DBZ cycle, Dragon Ball Z super cycle that exists. Any possible way that I can leave. I'm going Android 18 for diversity and inclusion. I, I Can I just say, I don't know <laughs> one name that you guys have said. Not one. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, we're going to get my dad as far away from that as possible. Thank you to everyone who sent questions in. We're sorry we didn't get to more, but as you can see, we're easily distracted. Not one person. I didn't know one one name that you and Brandon said. Not one. Honestly, I'm genuinely surprised that at some point along the way, some sort of curiosity into the fact that you who have watched every show known to man already twice didn't at some point get curious about some anime show that just came across here on Netflix. I, I think I... I did, and I think maybe 30 seconds in, I said, this is really stupid, and moved on. I feel like Cowboy Bebop might be up your uh, up your alley. That one's a little bit more traditional, clear-cut. There's not monsters and demons. Is that a character, or is that a show? It's a show. Okay. Cowboy Bebop's just about space cowboys. Like, you might actually dig that one. Okay. Anyway, uh, wow. we're going to get to this, that, the Please. third, and finish this off. Uh, as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating. We're sorry about this podcast today. This has been a giant cluster. So we're going to get to three quick stories to send you guys off on so that we can go worry about golfing uh, and the outing on Monday and come back to you with a vengeance on Tuesday. Uh, let's get to this, Dad. This is a cool story. Yes. Speaking of Olympics, uh, Olympic sports. So the European Championships are going on right now in Poland in track and field, and Belgium had a problem. They did not have someone to race in the hundred meter meter hurdles. They had someone bow out, I believe, because of injury right. before that event took place, and so they didn't want to get disqualified. They had one of their shot-putting hammer throwers yeah. step in. Jolien Bombquo, I hope I'm pronouncing yeah. her name you did right. did pretty well, I think. Is a Belgian shot-putter and hammer thrower who is 29 years old, 
Went through the race and finished with a time of 32.81 seconds, 19 seconds after the winner actually finished. But, Dad, she was a conquering hero crossing that finish line. Had never done this. Should have won on some sort of technicality just based off the effort alone. Saved, absolutely saved the uh, their team from getting disqualified. Yeah. That's why she ran it, so they wouldn't get disqualified. She's twice the size of all of them. She basically jogged up to the the hurdle and then kind of stopped and stepped over it, but she finished. Yeah. That's all that matters. So kudos to her. Finish the drill. All the other, the racers gave her high fives. Like, Hey, cool. You did that. She took seventh, I think uh, in the shot put. Uh, but very cool to help the team out. It's a very neat thing. I can say, so yeah, they had two hurdlers pull out with injuries. Right. So they would have been disqualified there. She's got to get some sort of medal of honor Something. when they get back to Belgium. Something. Yeah. It was awesome. Free waffles for life. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm talking like about. So congratulations yep. to her. Yep. Good um, job. Let's, uh, let's go to that. Dad, this one, uh, we didn't actually got to talk about this no. one. So West Virginia has named their former assistant, Josh Eilert, to replace Bob Huggins after they failed to go through a national search. Their athletic director, Ren Baker, basically said, this late in June, we kind of started pulling people nationally, and it just wasn't going to work out to try and go outside and try and bring someone in. And so Josh Eilert takes over for Bob Huggins, who now will no longer be coaching there after the DUI arrest that uh, he went through last week. This following up him already having his pay doc, dealing with the suspension, using homophobic slurs on a radio station. It's been a hell of a summer for Bob Huggins. And this is probably what should have happened, Dad. I mean, for as much as West Virginia loves Bob Huggins, he's a son of West Virginia. He's someone that means a lot to that school and has brought them a lot of success here. Either of these on their own could have been grounds for someone to lose their job when you are the public facing figure of a university, when you are someone who is supposed to be showing the young people under your charge, hey, this is what not to do. This all would have been stuff on the laundry list of meetings that you would have had if you're Bob Huggins with your team telling your players not to do. I understand former players who have played for him loved him and that West Virginia yeah. loved him, but he really gave them no choice with how he acted. Well, this one he did. The, the first one, the, the homophobic slurs, I mean, this day and age, you're right. You get canceled is the word. We well, use you you, should, you could have gotten fired. Yeah. Like, that's... He's beloved there because he's from there. He was docked, like you said, a million dollars, suspended three games. Yeah. You know, but he was docked a, a million bucks. So I think there was some eyebrows raised that he hung on to his job and now, I mean, my God, he was in Pittsburgh with the D, the DUI. Well, thought he was in Columbus. I was going to say, couldn't identify where he was. Yeah. Wasn't able to point out which knee that he had had surgery on. There were apparently cans all over the car. Yeah. He blew up like a point two one, yeah, a yeah. point two one. So it was dangerous, reckless. Thankfully, no one was hurt Thankfully, himself or kidding. otherwise there. Yeah, but again, well, well, just you, you knew he had to be gone. So in this case. Listen, they, now they say they're going to conduct a national search at the conclusion of next season, but now this assistant coach gets a chance. So, you know, maybe he can do well and maybe keep that job if they, you know, when they do the national search, maybe he'll do well enough to keep that job. We'll see. So he has, you know, the opportunity now after what was just an incredible, Bob Huggins is is a, is a rough dude anyway. He's, he's a, 
He's a rough dude. He so. he is. I mean, listen, we we've known that, but we've also seen you know the tender moments with players, yep. the way that people who played and for he's him beloved, talk about. Like him. you said, you're well, right. People love him. And so for and West Virginia, eleven NCAA tournament appearances in sixteen seasons from 07 to twenty three. The program's second ever yep. Final Four in two thousand and ten. So this is going to get difficult now. Um, and since Bob Huggins' departure, and Dad, this becomes the other part about the opportunity for the coach. They've had three players that were projected starter uh, players, including projected starting point guard, yeah. um, put their names into the transfer yeah. portal since that. So in this day and age, and this is what the portal, I think especially was built for, yeah. was moments where a coaching change happened late to give players an opportunity to yeah. recoup the year for them. Yeah, so, this is my guy. Now my guy's gone. I'm out of here. Yeah, so, the circumstances we'll changed. Yeah. I shouldn't be trapped based on somebody else's mistakes here. And in this case, that somebody was Bob Huggins. Um, Dad, let's get to the third here. I saw this pop up the other day. The guys on New Heights podcast, Jason and Travis Kelsey, did a version of this with Shannon Sharp asking him this about Skip Bayless. But I saw this from James D. Grambo on Twitter who asked, would you rather be given $1 million? Just given a million. Just given a million dollars, flat out. Or have 10 carries in an NFL game to gain five yards and you would get $10 million if you got five yards on 10 carries. So you average half a yard per carry and you're getting $10 million in an NFL game. And I will let you pick your offensive line. Well, I, I don't think there's any doubt you would take the 10 carries to gain five yards. Now, this is coming from me, you, Brandon, everybody who played big-time football. I, that's what I would do. If you got to pick your old line, you could pick the Eagles offensive line or whatever, I'm sure you could think to yourself, I'll fall forward because of my offensive line. This isn't like I have to go beat Jalen Ramsey or whoever you know, in a one-on-one and make a catch. Dude. You're going to get hit. I get it. You're, you're definitely going to get hit. But if you get to go behind an offensive line, that means you get to rely on other people as well. You get do. behind one of them. And you know what? To, to save yourself from taking a hit, fall. Man, if you get a yard past the line of scrimmage, I just fall don't down. think the average person is going to be able to confidently hit the hole with that chaos going on around you. I'm not I even talking about it. No, I'd run up the back of one of my linemen who's a yard downfield. But I'm saying I think just natural human instinct and fear is going to set in, yeah. and you're going to stutter your feet and get cleaned out from some guy coming from the second level closing from the backside here. Like, I, I just – I would take the million dollars. You would? I would take the million dollars. Hell yes. Oh, I would take the 10 carries for five yards for 10 mil. Oh, sure. my God. Yeah, at at Gojo Show on Twitter. Let us know that one because, again, this is the speaks to the larger running backs don't matter conversation where I think some people look at this and say, oh, you'll just take the yards that you're given by the offensive line. That requires you to get there in a way that I don't know, like, a running back is like a little kickoff return every play where you're approaching yep, that line of scrimmage with no fear as you get ready to try and make moves with an instant based on flashes of color. I'm just saying I got a little bit more respect for my running back I, brothers out there I'm not than saying, to say that I would be the guy that could I'm go out there and get you five. I'm not saying it would be easy. I'm not saying any of that, but I would take that chance because I got to rely on 
five guys in front of me. And I'm saying I would take a million dollars for sitting on my ass and go on about my day. We hope you somehow get a million dollars going on through your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel as well as Samsung TV+. And you can check out GolickFamilyFoundation.com. Donate there to try and help out the cause. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.